Good afternoon. Welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Glad to be with you guys for another stellar week. Looks like it's going to be a little bit of a shorter week, uh, but uh, we will make it through what has been already a busy news day. If you go to KPL96.5.com, you'll see uh, the, the top post up there right now uh, is, of course, on the Russia-Ukraine situation. And here's here's the update. So we've we've been basically on the brink of something for the last several weeks. And there was a, a big military buildup uh, over the weekend into today, the Biden administration saying, look, we know there's going to be a full-scale invasion any minute now. We've been getting people out. We're telling people to get out of there. We're, we're not very good at, or the Biden administration is not very good at getting people out of there. But they've been telling people to get out of there. And then earlier today, um, two eastern Ukrainian uh, region states, the Don, the Donetsk and Luhansk areas, regions of Ukraine, declared independence. And Russia immediately recognized their sovereignty and will be moving military forces into those regions to help protect these new people's republics. This is, without a doubt, a classic Russian bait-and-switch type situation. You have the entire world watching as Russia prepares to invade Ukraine and every major Western power warning against it saying, no, please don't, because that's really about as forceful as they've been with Russia. And Putin pulls a bait-and-switch, frightened the world with one thing, so that everybody would basically accept another thing. Ukraine is pulled apart into pieces. There will be a Russian military presence there to protect these new republics. And another Georgia, another Crimea, all for Putin to expand Russia's sphere of influence, trying to rebuild the Soviet Union into what it was. Now, why does he want to do that? See, Russia basically has no economy. Russia has very little economic output. Oil and gas, pretty much it. And that pipeline to Germany was, was a big deal, and, and that's why a lot of American politicians were really against that going forward, but the Biden administration wasn't really forceful on that at all. The Biden administration has refused to be very forceful with Putin at any step. I think it was uh, Defense Secretary Blinken. There's a press conference today, and one reporter asked him, "Well, why would Putin wait till now? Uh, why, why didn't, why not try this when Trump was in charge, or something like that?" And, and Blinken didn't have an answer. For years, we were told that Trump was Putin's lapdog. A lapdog is a more substantive thing than whatever he sees the Biden administration as, because Putin fears nothing from the United States. These Ukraine plans, maybe they were in the works before, but you can guarantee they were sped up once the U.S. botched its withdrawal from Afghanistan. And Putin and his top brass realized that America is run by incompetence right now. We can do whatever we want. The whole uh, Putin gave a speech today. It, it was nuts. Some of the things Putin was saying was absolutely nuts. 
but he, he's basically saying that that uh, Ukraine was never its own independent thing. It was stolen from Russia. He, he's talking about uh, the Soviet Union wasn't brought down. It was brought down by nationalists. And, and he's just gaslighting and rewriting history and giving his whole propaganda misinformation speech. Boy, we've heard that a lot over the last several years, haven't we? But that's what it's been. It has been, from start to finish, Russian propaganda, Russian misinformation that they are using to justify what's going on right now. As soon as these territories said, we're independent now, uh, and Russia said, all right, we recognize it, and we're going to move our military in to help you protect your new republics, Germany and France, their leaders expressed disappointment. That's a, that's a quote. Expressed disappointment over Putin's recognition of the, of the independence of these two states. They're not mad, they're just disappointed. Just like the rest of the Western world will be. Disappointed that Russia would do this. We've been, shake, we've been wagging our finger at Putin for weeks now, and he's just not listening, he's not getting it. This is what happens when America backs away and shows no leadership. It is, without a doubt, one of the biggest foreign policy failures that we've seen in decades. The United States is letting Russia rebuild its sphere of influence, knowing historically what will happen if it gets back to those levels. But they're doing nothing. Vladimir Putin violates international treaty, international agreements, going back decades to do what he's doing right now. And no one is actually going to do anything to stop it. 232-1542, if you want to call in and join the conversation. More on this and a few other things that have been popping up today. We will talk about all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. I have to take a little bit of offense at the Dan Bongino Show. I'm sorry. I know a lot of you are fans. Um... Uh, Listening on the way up here just before the show, uh, he had some disparaging things to say about uh, sociology degrees. And I have a sociology degree, and I turned out just fine. In fact, actually, there's no reason that I as a conservative should exist. I got a double major in journalism and sociology and then a master's degree in education. So under uh. no circumstances should I actually be saying conservative things on the radio or writing them on the Internet. Did you break the mold? Is that what you're saying? Uh, possibly. Yeah. Very, very possible that that happened. Um, Y'all, CPAC is, is, is this week, the Conservative Political Action Conference. And it's going to be a very red meat conservative lineup. Trump will be there. Um, uh, Don Jr. will be there. Uh, Candace Owens. I actually, I'm, I'm going to talk about Candace Owens in a little bit. Some of y'all might be a fan. Um, I... Really not, but uh, a very solid red meat lineup at CPAC. And every year, it gets outsized coverage from the media. It is, I have lots of friends that are going. A, a lot of my Red State colleagues will be there. Every year I turn it down because CPAC has decided that they are never going to move away from doing something in the school year. So even if I wanted to go, I can't. Um, unless... 
any of my corporate overlords on the political side or the media side want to pay for me to go. I just cannot afford to go at any point. Um, and every year up until uh, COVID-19, every year they had uh, like people who go would get massively sick afterwards. Like they all spread the flu around to each other. Then after COVID, it was just worse. But CPAC announced today that they're going to have former governor of Missouri, Eric Greitens, at the event. Now, uh, he's running for Senate in the state, I believe. And, and he's, he's not a good person. He resigned in shame uh, from, from uh, the gubernatorial seat. There were these accusations that came out. A woman came out and said that he did all of this uh, horrible, demeaning stuff to her as an affair, threatened all this. Uh, I can't go into detail because I know it's right after school. Some of you have kids in the car. But if you go look up some of the stuff that Greitens is accused of, Greitens never denied any of it. He just claimed it was all consensual. And some of the stuff described is I don't care if it's consensual or not. It's horrifying. But he, he he left political office in Missouri, and now he is uh, he's planning to run, I think, for Senate in Missouri. And a lot of Republicans aren't happy about it, including Senator Josh Hawley, who was the Attorney General of Missouri at the time, and was the one basically saying, "If he doesn't step down, I'm going to open an investigation into all this." Now, Hawley is very much somebody who really wants to stay on Trump's good side. If Trump is not going to run for political office again, Hawley clearly wants to run at some point, and he needs Trump's favor. He's been very big um, in supporting Trump and in supporting a lot of what he has said and done. And really, given his background as attorney general, and what he had done in Missouri, he really has been taking the whole fight against big tech thing by the horns and really running with it. And so Hawley is in a very kind of interesting spot here because Greitens, for his campaign, picked up uh, uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle, who is engaged to Trump's son. Greitens picked her up trying to get Trump's support in this race. And Hawley wants Greitens nowhere near Miss, uh, Missouri politics anymore. A lot of conservatives in Missouri don't want Greitens in Missouri politics anymore. He is toxic. He will hurt the Republicans in that state. And I say all that and bring up CPAC because CPAC, again, gets outsized coverage from the media as something that is influential. And in, I'm, I'm going to talk a lot about influence today because there, there's some things going on that I think you need to be aware of. CPAC is where the farthest of the far right go. Not like the Nazi far right, but the most like diehard conservatives pay attention to CPAC. And that's where you get the 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 most conservative talking points the 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 biggest red meat that you can find there i mean you know ted cruz marco rubio a lot of classic conservative guys and that rose in the tea party era are going to be there a lot of 
the folks who rose in the Trump populist era are going to be there. But Eric Greitens is not somebody that the Conservative Political Action Committee or conservatives in general should be embracing. He is a toxic presence in the conservative movement. Right now, the Republican Party is trying to make sure that its image is as clean-cut as possible compared to what the Democrats have been doing policy-wise. Because if the Republicans can run against the Democrats on policy, it is a very decisive win. But if you have things muddling the races across the country, it's going to give the Democrats advantage. And Eric Greitens is one of those things that all, he, he is walking oppo against Republicans. His entire uh, last year as governor of Missouri was dragged down by this scandal that was brewing. And all somebody has to do is start bringing these stories up and start giving the details from what this woman accused him of. And it will trash whatever hope the Republicans have running for Senate or any other spot in Missouri, which has been kind of back and forth in terms of whether it's blue or red. It's been fairly purple. Holly won kind of shifting it to red, uh, beating Claire McCaskill and giving the Republicans an advantage. But conservatives need to be very, very sure that who they're supporting is not somebody they're supporting just because of the red meat that they throw out there, but somebody who has actual substance and does not have any sort of skeleton in the closet that muddies the water where beating the Democrats are concerned. And supporting Greitens is a bad idea. So as you see the news stories coming out this week from CPAC, pay attention to who's speaking. And pay attention to who is getting the most coverage. Greitens won't get much coverage. But there are others who will be getting coverage. The ones who get coverage from this week are going to be the ones that scare the media the most. Ron DeSantis will be at CPAC. It's in Florida. So Ron DeSantis will be there. Watch how much coverage DeSantis gets. Watch how much coverage Trump gets. These are the folks that scare the media. And it's going to force them to show us their, their nightmares. And uh, the biggest nightmare of the media and the left right now is a future of the conservative party, that is, of, of the conservative movement that is led by Ron DeSantis. But conservatives, while supporting Ron DeSantis is fine, the other folks being highlighted by this conference, some of them don't need that level of attention. So please, if you pay attention to CPAC, pay attention to all of the right things. 232-1542 if you want to join in the conversation. When we come back, speaking of influence, how big is the fringe of the right? Well, I have a disagreement with a conservative commentator over it. We'll talk about that and more here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. All right. Uh, you guys know that I like our local high school athletics, and today was the day that boys' basketball playoff brackets got dropped. Just kind of looking through 
the brackets, uh, see what locally we can expect. Acadiana traveling to Wachita Paris. That's in 5A. Southside hosting Ponchatoula. New Iberia will be hosting Sam Houston. Uh, let's see, anything else? Nope, from there. Let's go down to 4A. Uh, you've got uh, Karen Crow traveling to Lakeshore. North Vermilion will be traveling to Beauchamp. Northside hosting Plaquemine. And let's see, Brobridge uh, heading to Booker T. Washington in Shreveport. Uh, and Opelousas to South Terrebonne. In 3A, we've got Iowa will be hosting the Science Academy. Lutcher hosting Lake Charles Charter Prep. You have uh, a 6-3A a, a rematch. A district rematch between uh, St. Martinville, who will be hosting the Abbeville uh, Wildcats, Ville Platte hosting Buckeye, Patterson to Carroll, uh, Jennings to Richwood. In 2A, you've got, let's see, oh, from my Lake of the Woods, Lakeview, uh, from, from, my, uh, from my part of the, from my neck of the woods, whatever the phrase is, uh, Lakeview uh, in North Louisiana is number one, so that's cool to see. Uh, around here, let's see. Um, I'm not seeing Franklin hosting North Caddo. Uh, not seeing much else locally there. Uh, in 1A, you got Gaydon traveling to uh, East Iberville. Uh, Iberville? Iberville? Uh, I think that's it on the 1A side there. Going to the divisions, that'd be the select schools, Division One. Anybody locally, nothing there. Uh, Division two, you've got, uh, and actually a, a Lafayette, a Lafayette-based game. Two Lafayette teams taking on each other. Uh, number thirteen, David Thibodeau, heading to St. Thomas More. That will be tomorrow night at six thirty at St. Thomas More. You also have Turlings will be traveling to St. Michael the Archangel. That's in Division two. Division three. Uh, anything local there? Lafayette Christian at number three, hosting Christo Ray Baton Rouge. That will be at LCA tomorrow at 5 p.m. Catholic New Iberia will be hosting Ascension Episcopal. Notre Dame hosting Dunham. And in Division Four, you've got, let's see, Vermilion Catholic at number 12 will be traveling to Central Catholic. That appears to be Wednesday at 6.30 at Central Catholic in Baton Rouge. And that seems to be it there. Division five, anything local? Um, not, not seeing. Uh, Episcopal of Acadiana at number three gets the gets the first round by. Will be uh, hosting Christ Episcopal School uh, on Thursday at six p.m. That seems to be it for the local teams in boys basketball playoffs. You can go to the LHSA website and see the brackets, not just for the boys but for the continuing girls' playoffs that are also going on as well. All right. I, um, I have to read this headline to you. Speaking of Republicans uh, who will muddy the water where opposition research is concerned, we have to mention this Democrat. I'm just going to read you the headline written by my colleague Strife at Red State. Democrat congressional candidate gets drunk at daughter's sleepover, curses kids, and throws up on their shoes. This could be a metaphor for 2022. Going into this uh, 
Let's see. Oklahoma's 5th Congressional District is an R plus 24 district. Before redistricting, was it was at R plus 11. Republicans have held it since 1975. Uh, the incumbent is Stephanie Bice. Uh, let's see. Her opponents, the Democrat in question in this story, is Abby Broyles, running as a Democrat because... Oh, uh, according to her Twitter account, Oklahomans deserve a representative who's going to fight for them, not the radical right. Uh, has an endorsement from Eric Swalwell, who is... Uh, nope. Eric's... I, I have nothing... My, I was always told if you've got nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. Uh, let's see. Um, a Twitter... Of the, so there's this Twitter thread from the mother of one of the girls of this sleepover. Um, so, uh, so here's uh, on a Valentine's weekend sleepover party for tween girls that included watching the film Titanic turn bizarre and tearful after parents say Oklahoma 5th Congressional District candidate Abby Broyles allegedly became drunk and berated some of the children in attendance. The party held at the home of Deer Creek Public Schools parent on February 11th included eight girls between the ages of 12 and 13. Broyles was allegedly at the home at the night of the party. At the invitation of the homeowner, who is the mother of one of the children, according to multiple accounts of the evening, Broyles became intoxicated and spoke derogatorily to some of the girls. She allegedly called one an acne. Ooh, can't say that word. Um, it's not good. Uh, which prompted the girl to leave the room in tears. Broyles allegedly called another girl uh, a Hispanic, same word, and another a judgy. Same word. Okay, so this per- this this candidate appears to have some swearing issues. At one point, she allegedly vomited into a laundry basket and onto one girl's shoes. There's a Twitter thread from one of the mothers. Uh, at Abby Broyles, since it's been five days and you have neglected to reach out to any of the young ladies, 12 and 13 years old, including my daughter, you verbally and emotionally abused last weekend. I thought I would give you a chance to try to apologize at minimum here. For someone who pontificates on the undying, on, to be undyingly pro-woman, I am disgusted by your behavior and find it appalling. You couldn't understand why their parents are angry. Your vile, cruel, and bigoted behavior should not be excused or swept under the rug. Not only did you scare and traumatize these beautiful girls with your words, you ruined a pair of their shoes with your vomit, which she saved up to buy with her own money. Considering how much you bragged about how rich and successful you are to these children, surely you can afford to replace her shoes. Um, Broyles has taken the high road here and is blaming the story as a political hit piece and blaming one of the girls. I saw the tweets. I've been out of town on a fundraising trip and they are awful and offensive and false. Broyles said, I mean, I get trolled on Twitter all the time, but I don't know these women and I don't know who's behind this, but that's just not true. Classic. Two, three, two, 15, 42. If you want to join in the conversation, I don't have much to add to that story. That's just... Y'all, it takes uh, it takes a special kind of person to run for political office, and most of the time there is a lot of vanity involved. So, I mean, I know there's some local politicians who are listening. I don't mean it against any of y'all, the ones that I know, um, but there there are some folks that you know, like they they clearly have the ego to run for office. Um, that's I've always maintained, by the way, that to run to be president of the United States, you have to be a, a psychopath on some level because to take what presidents take on a constant basis just takes something 
that I think might be initially broken in somebody's head to want to go through all that. Some people might be just truly blessed with the altruism to take that one for the team, but that's a big one to take for the team. But anyway, um, Abby Broyles will be running for the 5th Congressional District in Oklahoma. And I don't think she's going to win. And this story pretty much proves that. 232-1542, if you want to join the conversation, you can also follow me on Twitter, at Joe P. Cunningham, and uh, find me on Facebook, Joe Cunningham, uh, Cunningham, uh, facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. And uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, I want to end the show talking again about influence because I really want to talk about our reliance on social media as a measure of influence. And we need to ask ourselves why that's the case and should it be the case. Here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk, 965 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk, 965 KPL, trying to negotiate with the family on what they want for dinner because I have time to go home and cook. If you guys want to call in and give uh, your thoughts on it, I'm, we're right now debating stew meat and rice and gravy or pork chops and rice and gravy. And I think the girls are leaning toward pork chops, but I don't know yet. So hopefully I'll have an answer on that fairly soon. So David French. David French is one of those conservatives who was very anti-Trump. And I still, I still respect the guy a lot. Uh, a lot of conservatives online, don't, not, not really fans of him because he is very preachy. And French has been, as of late, uh, has been focusing a lot on the fringe parts of the conservative movement, the, the ones that are really kind of like the ones that are into the book burning and book banning stuff, the ones who say the, the most incredulous uh, COVID-19 conspiracy theory type stuff, just and, and focusing on that and trying to make that be the mainstream of the conservative movement. And a lot of folks, like, he drops one of these columns every Sunday, and people, like, you, you know what's going on. When people start talking about David French on Twitter, you know he's dropped one of these columns on a Sunday. And so it makes Sundays kind of miserable to check social media. I've given up social media on the weekends partially because of that and partially because I need some sanity. But he had a tweet. All right, so let me, I mentioned Candace Owens earlier. Candace Owens uh, tweeted, stop talking about Russia. This was on Friday. Stop talking about Russia. Send American troops to Canada to deal with the tyrannical reign of Justin Trudeau Castro. He has fundamentally declared himself dictator and is waging war on innocent Canadian protesters and those who have supported him financially. All right. It's important to know that when somebody like Candace Owens says something like that, they're being a provocateur. They don't actually mean send troops to Canada. Nobody rational thinks that. And I'm sorry if that offends some of you, but it's irrational to think that we should send troops to Canada to stop Trudeau. Trudeau is going to get his comeuppance from the voters. And if he doesn't, then Canada gets what it gets, and we just continue to treat them like our hat and nothing better. Some of the pushback against Owens, though, comes from folks like French, who are saying, you see, this, this is what we're talking about. Owens has 3 million followers on Twitter. That's what French points out. He tweets, I'm told stop highlighting the fringe, but the fringe is huge. This person has 3 million Twitter followers. Um, if you're more angry at Canada than Russia, something is deeply wrong. First of all, French is being completely dishonest. It is possible to disagree with both what Canada's doing and what Russia's doing. And to 
have and to say that somebody talking about Canada is not doesn't care enough about Russia is foolish. Just like Owens is kind of foolish for saying stop talking about Russia. Okay? We need to be angry with what's happening with both. Owens has three million followers. The population of the United States is just shy of 330 million. So less than 1% of the United States population follows Owens. And you can I can guarantee you that not all of those 3 million are U.S.-based accounts. In fact, one, one of the websites that gives you statistical analysis, and they're not always accurate, but uh, it says like 7% of her followers are fake. So 7% of 3 million, you see where I'm going with this. A huge chunk, you take that away. So already the numbers are dwindling. If you look at the actual tweet that he's responding to, there are about 120,000 interactions. You can guarantee that some of those are doubled up. A good number of those are doubled up. And a lot of those interactions are making fun of her in her tweet. So the reach is not nearly as big as you want to make it out to be. It's completely irrational to think that social media numbers are somehow indicative of the strength of a message. Somebody responded to me on Twitter when I pointed this out and said, I think you should pay attention to the size of the hubs. And I'm like, yeah, you can pay attention to the size of the hubs, but if nobody's listening to that hub, it doesn't really matter now, does it? And, and nobody out there is taking this type of tweet seriously. I'll be brutally honest with y'all. Some people like Candace Owens, but she is not nearly as influential as she would like to think that she is. 1% engagement, which is what she averages according to some of these statistical analysis sites, would mean about 30,000 people reached, like responded to this message she sent out. Reach on social media means that this post appeared in somebody's timeline at some point, which means nothing because most people scroll, back, scroll past a lot of these. She doesn't represent the full right. She barely represents a chunk of the right. There are not untold numbers of people out there. There's not this massive wave of people out there basing their activism and their votes on what Owens tells them to do. I used to have uh, this joke. I, I, would, I would tell this joke like one day, it's not going to matter how much money you have. Your entire net worth will be based on your Twitter followers and your social media followers. And we've kind of reached that point where we're focusing too much on somebody's influence. We have an entire industry of people called influencers now. And who are they really influencing? They have a lot of followers. People like their posts on, on social media. They're not really doing a whole lot of influencing. The only ones that are are in various states of undress, and they're not influencing the right things. But, but this whole alarmist thing from French is something he's been doing for a while now. He's, he's been contending that the, 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 the major point of extreme, the, the major source of extremism in the United States is coming from within evangelical Christian churches. And I'm sorry, but there wasn't a Republican evangelical that took a gun to a baseball field and tried to assassinate a Louisiana congressman, among others. It wasn't an evangelical Christian that walked into uh, the Family Research Council and tried to shoot the place up and stuff Chick-fil-A sandwiches in their mouths. The extremism 
the most violent extremism is not coming from the right. And I know that that upsets a lot of narratives in the media and among the left, but that's the case. Every time there is a major event like that, one of the first things to do is try is to try to blame the right for it. And it never, very rarely, if ever, does it stick. The, uh, the Gabby Giffords assassination, the thing that led to the Sarah Palin uh, uh, lawsuit that, that a judge tossed out, they blamed it on Sarah Palin. They blamed her shooting, the Gabby Giffords shooting, on Sarah Palin. When it turns out the guy was a leftist lunatic, at best, at worst, he had no ideology. He was just an agent of chaos. But the fringe of the right is just that. It's the fringe. It doesn't represent the movement as a whole. And guys like David French are constantly focusing on the wrong thing. Focusing on the fringe instead of the real issues that are confronting the country. And it's not the fringe. It's what's happening in the mainstream that you can see day after day. Thank you guys very much for listening to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. We're going to do it all again in 23 hours. So make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham. Find me on Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show and check out the podcast of the show, Joe Cunningham Radio Show on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Talk to you guys again tomorrow.